0: Here at Text Talks, we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're excited to have Text Talks styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who are not afraid to be their authentic selves. You've got the look. Now come and have some fun with us in the sun. Together, Text Talks and Ray-Ban are saying, if you've got a challenge for us, no matter what it is, you are on. You can't predict the light, but with text Talks and Ray-Ban, you are always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You are on. Define your style at superbulous.com. welcome to text talks I am Tex and today I am talking to a five octave range singer who I just can't get enough of lately. After featuring him in Tex in the City's pride campaign called Hashtag of Queer and working with him on introducing a new one more product into the market, I've gravitated towards his creative energy and his larger-than-life persona, and it's been a real treat to watch his career unfold in front of my eyes as he flexes a work ethic that I won't lie, I'm a little bit jealous of. I am, of course, talking about Armand Joubert. Armand, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Oh, my goodness, my friend. Can I just say thank you for that marvelous introduction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is what we do on Text Talks. We like to make people feel comfortable. But Mm. listen, there's a lot to talk about with you, and I don't want to mess you around. So we're going to start with you being invited to perform at the Royal Danish Embassy for World Pride Reception. And I want to start with it because you looked incredible in your leather pants and your rainbow your rainbow platforms. And I actually just need you to tell me like everything about it because it looked like such an incredible event.
1: Oh my goodness, it was absolutely out of this world. I was just like, and it, I, I literally got booked just the day before. Like, I heard about World Pride happening and, you know, people are coming together for this event and stuff. But I wasn't thinking that I was going to get invited to perform, not even to say invited. And then the day before, um, the sound men from the event actually messaged me. and They're like... World Pride wants to book you and you they want you to come and perform at the Royal Danish Embassy and I was like are you kidding me like I think for the first time in my life I think we we also used to working hard and you know really hustling that we sometimes forget that things are happening to you and you don't you don't register it so I was kind of like when that that show got booked I was like I think I'm busy making it in life <laughs> I was uh, like I think yes. I'm busy making it I was like, hmm, okay, great. But now I'm nervous because now obviously I have to impress these people. And it was just, I got there and it was so amazing. I had to do two sets and I was performing just in front of some of the most incredible people that are fighting for, you know, LGBTQ plus right and i just felt like they could have booked anyone but they booked me and i just had such a great time and the chef wanted to meet me and then they took me to the house they gave me a tour i felt like i was singing at the white house in america you know what i'm saying
0: oh my god tell me it was the food amazing you mentioned the chef so obviously it was
1: oh my goodness and they had these chocolate bowls. i am listen i love bowls in general <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, My I didn't know we were going to go there that that early in this conversation <laughs> but okay. I like a good uh, chocolate salty ball myself.
1: <laughs> oh, it was great, <laughs> babe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but listen, you you've been you've been crazy busy and we'll get to all of the things that you are currently working on. But your recent release was the quote unquote stadium rock version of your number one single Better For Me. that you did with sloney and it shows off your range in a way that you don't always show it off i mean i mentioned that you have a five octave range which is more than like most people could ever dream of but when did you realize that your voice was special because it really is
1: oh thank you so much that means so much to me i think it comes from um i think it comes actually from insecurity at first because you know obviously school is horrifying like high school is terrifying and i was so bullied um and you know everyone just always told me before my voice even broke like um everyone told me i sang like a girl and i was like i was always so insecure about it but the more i you know became mature and obviously went into the industry started doing my thing i started um seeing how people react towards my voice cuz obviously not a lot of people can sing certain notes so mm-hmm. um i think then uh, from insecurity it started becoming like my strength because for the longest time I was always so insecure about singing in my falsetto and singing high and you know being able to do all these things because they always told me like I sing like a girl even record labels they told me you know we need to write you know write you some songs that just have like a lower key or something because we don't want people to think you're a girl but then I was like but what so what the what what say what again we can swear we can swear
0: on this podcast Can we swear? Fuck
1: all of you. (laughs) I was like, what the actual fuck was happening? Like, I couldn't believe that people were discriminating against me that, you know, that bad. And then I just reached a point where I was like, that is my strength. And I'm going to tap into that because that's not something a lot of people can do. And then I just started really becoming disciplined, you know, in my like with my vocals and just really rehearsing every day and trying and see what I can do and just do it, you know, in the best of my ability. So yeah, I just really been working hard on my range, but it was, I was very insecure about it at first.
0: Do people compare you to Adam Lambert a lot? Because when you sent me that Better For Me version, the first thing that I replied to you was like, what in the Adam Lambert is going on here? Like, this is amazing.
1: (laughs) I get compared to him all the time like all the time literally every show every like where people wherever people see me if someone recognizes me they're always like you remind me of adam lambert and i think it's such a great compliment and i really do take it like as as a, as something that's really amazing because he is one of a kind and he is one of my inspirations you know and he was one of the queer like one of the first modern day queer people that really just he was just himself and pop culture when it wasn't a cool thing. So I really look up to him.
0: I remember watching Idols the, the year that he was in the final.
1: Welcome back.
0: This is it. The finale. It is American Idol. And it was him mm-hmm. and uh, some other white boy, I don't know, who won. And David the, Archuleta, it, wasn't it? Oh my god! I love how you remember. That's incredible. <laughs> but 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 I remember the scandal that happened because there were photos that were leaked to the press of like Adam kissing a man, and mm-hmm. I mean America. Well, we've seen it now over the last four years. Americans are much more conservative than they would like the world to believe, and. I reckon, and I remember my mother and I having a conversation about this. My mother said that the only reason that Adam Lambert didn't win was because those photos were leaked and like Americans are just still genuinely, you know, quite religious and conservative. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me like, it makes me so sad. I feel like we've come a really long way since then. I feel like if somebody like Adam Lambert had to enter a competition now, you know, it, 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 it's much more spoken about you know it's yes. it's not necessarily that taboo anymore um i don't know if you like remember that whole vibe with like idols and and him co- afterwards Ooh. coming out and
1: how mm-hmm. that i remember of- everything because i was so obsessed with them. like that first record for your <laughs> entertainment i was so obsessed with it Like I just, the sound, I could also hear the the influence Queen had on him, but he had his own Mm. sound and just, you know, this rock glam era. I was just so, like everything about him, his style, you know, how flamboyant he was, just everything. I was totally obsessed with him, but I also saw how the media responded towards him and that made Mm. me scared because I was still obviously in the closet and my family we all watched them on American Idols, but everyone was like, ah, oh, such a pity he's gay. You know, people were really hating on him.
0: Oh, I mean, from one queer icon to another that influenced <laughs> you. Um, I know we've spoken about this a lot, but Britney Spears was another oh. huge influence for you since you were a kid. And... I just want to know because I, I mean, I can imagine you like busting out those Britney high notes. Ooh. Like it just, I can imagine, I and mean, you still do. I know you still do. But what, <laughs> what were some of your favorite Britney songs to like perform at home, oh. like, like in front of the mirror, or like in you know when you're in the bathroom and like got the hairbrush? Yes. And, <laughs> which what what were the songs?
1: Girl, don't even get me started. Like, where do we start? Um, I fell in love with her after the first like. I think it was her Las Vegas DVD. She had, like, this massive show in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh, who is this woman? And I f- just became so obsessed with her. And then just... But my number one song, I think I probably jammed to the most was... Outrageous. <laughs> when I'm on my bed, like, oh, like, outrageous. I'm a slave for you.
0: Outrageous.
1: Yes. My sex drug. My We on a world tour I was so obsessed with her And just, just that whole era With her, you know, kissing Madonna The whole In The Zone album Toxic, mm-hmm. everything about her I was always jamming to her And I was just like I want to be able to do that one day You know, be like that on stage Because the shows that she like put on Was just absolutely out of the world And she was... <sighs> I don't think I've experienced, I think probably Lady Gaga I've also had the same experience with, but she was that, that icon that if she brought out something or if there was a Britney Spears CD coming out or, you know, those times it was still CDs and there, there were actual like music, music shops. But people were actually lining up to get it because they knew it was going to sell out so fast and there was so much hype around her. So I just became obsessed with pop culture because of Britney Spears and just her whole sound and look and the sex appeal and everything about it.
0: Also, we're one step closer to Britney being free. And I love the Ugh. fact that her and Sam are engaged now. Can we just talk about that?
1: Yes, free Britney. Come on, people.
0: <laughs> Britney. Free. Britney we love you Britney we
1: love you yes, we, we love do me. and it's, oh, it's it breaks my heart man like it's so sad that someone like that that iconic like you know that can happen to someone like that like it can happen it just shows you it can happen to anyone and just for me the saddest of all of it is like it was our family the people that's supposed to look out for you are the ones that are using you and you know taking you for a beep
0: (laughs) you know life is brutal but i think Mm -hmm. that school kids are probably more brutal and you know you touched very briefly in the beginning on how you know people said that you sounded like a girl when you were in school Mm -hmm. and that gave you a complex about your voice and i really reckon like if you can survive school you can survive life you know especially if you're perceived Mm. as different but tell me about your school experience growing up in bitbunk (laughs)
1: oh wow just hearing the word school brings so much anxiety to me like honestly it's just horrible i hate the word school because for me personally it was just it was horrible because i was the punching bag i was literally the the little you know fragile boy that was just himself but you know being frowned upon because i was just people could see i was different and even the more i tried to hide it They could still see it because, you know, you can just see if someone is is queer. You know, it's in our DNA. It's who we are. You know, it's it's, it's not a choice. So I was just really picked on on, in school and it was horrible. Like, I remember I'd I'd never go to the bathroom. I, I had so many like bladder infections because I never went to the bathroom because if I went to the bathroom, I would be fucked up by so many guys. Like, I've been in the hospital for three weeks because of guys beating me up after school. Um, So it was really... It was horrible. And because of that, I didn't really do well in school because, you know, I felt like I couldn't focus because I was always thinking, okay, where am I going to run to, you know, if the bell rings or whatever. So I was always... It was very hard on me. Yeah, school was terrible.
0: (laughs) I mean, but now... They see you mm. on TV, they hear you on the radio, you know, now they can't escape you.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what's the funniest thing? I had to, it was in 2019, it was my first time, and it was the 6th of October, I would never forget it. I was performing the morning, I was performing at Pride, Joburg, and then just after my performance I had to go through the Woodbank and I had to go and perform at my old school. And there was 2,000 <laughs> people like waiting for me to come and perform it was it was my first time performing you know after everything that's been going on for me in my hometown so and then some of the bullies were there and it was really it was really a full circle moment to see that the ones that looked upon me because i was different are celebrating me now because i'm different
0: did any of them come up to you like give you a high five or like
1: yes all of really? them. Really? <laughs> All of them. And then one guy actually really um apologized to me. He was like, you know what? Kids are so stupid and we we don't know, you know, what we're doing. So I really want to apologize if I ever treated you like differently and stuff. Yeah, the one guy actually apologized to me.
0: Oh, my God. And how did that make you feel?
1: I was like, that made me feel good. I, I was like, hmm, okay. So it's, it's, it's easy for you to apologize when I'm... Making moves. <laughs> I was kind of shady, but um, I, I was like, you know what? We all make mistakes, so just forgive and forget and move on. But oh, it was a great gosh. moment.
0: You're a much better person than I am, Armand. Like, I uh, f- forgive and forget is not in my vocabulary <laughs> or my lexicon. I am a hardcore Italian <laughs> bitch. I will never forget and I will never forgive you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll oh take my it with me to my grave. I'm living for it though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but ba- back in 2017, you participated in The Voice. And uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that just now. But your professional music career started way before this. I... I-, I- I wanna know about your brief stint as an Afrikaans pop star. Because even though I know you are full-on Afrikaans, I could never see you singing about being someone's bookie. So (laughs) explain this to me.
1: Okay. Oh, yo. This is this is the most cringe. I think every artist has that cringy moment of their careers where it's like, it's unforgivable, you know? It's like you just. (laughs) i feel like this was mine and i was just starting out um so obviously i was um just starting to do things on social media posting covers and you know just performing and opening for other artists and stuff and there was a label that saw me and they were like let's do let's do a record with you and i was like okay cool i got to the studio and they're like you it must be an afrikaans i was like oh my god Oh my God! Like I grew up in an Afrikaans home, but my parents listened to Dave Leppard and Metallica. You know, there was no Afrikaans good like good dad, and although although I respected like, but there was none of that in my house. It was foreign to me, so I was like, okay, let me try it. And then I wrote a whole album, like a A whole whole album.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is the album's name?
1: It's called Drome Word <laughs> And it was out. I released it. It was in Musica. It was, it had 13 tracks. I even covered Jummel Tafelberg by Kurt Darren, And I had. I mean, you have to. I feel
0: like every Afrikaans album needs to have a, a tribute song, to Kurt though. Darren or like a cover. Listen, I love Kurt Darren, but that's a whole nother oh. podcast. Continue. Continue.
1: Yes, I was. I was. I. I love that song because the first cover I heard of "Yomloptovleberg" was by um, an artist sh- uh, called Charlize Berg, and I was like, that was such a beautiful rendition. And now, because I'm now that I have to write an Afrikaans album, they were like, you should do a cover, at least one cover. I was like, okay, let me do "Yomloptovleberg." But I had 13 songs. I had a music video. I was performing at Art Club. I was. I was doing the things. But then people, they. I guess live it sounded better, you know than what it sounded on the CD or the album, because mm-hmm. live people were feeling it, and then they bought the album, then they were like, <laughs> "I'm so underwhelmed." Like people really t- like said that to me, like it's underwhelming. And there was a moment where I was performing at a school. And then I started producing like, you know, just some English tracks, um, pop tracks and just playing with sounds and stuff at home. And then I was like, ah, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to perform it at this event. I'm going to perform like two songs from my album just because it's just to keep the label people happy. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to just perform songs that I want to do. And then I performed it. And then the people were freaking out. And then the guy that signed me, he came to me. He's like, I think we recorded the wrong album. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you think so then um that didn't work out and then i actually asked him if we could take it down from itunes and spotify and musica because it was everywhere hey it was the number 12 most selling um album at a stage and, and music on the top 20 like album sales i guess that's not bad but it was just not me. It was not authentic. But I was also still in the closet. So I, I think that explains a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's why that also explains a lot. I just searched for it on Apple Music and I can't find it anywhere. So
1: thank you, Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so you decide that you're done with Afrikaans music, right? And that you're going to yes. embrace your not-so-inner rock diva. And you know you're going to show off your range by auditioning mm. for The Voice. And yes. you go and you sing an Ariana Grande song. I mean, who in their right mind takes on Ariana Grande? Only if you have like a five octave <laughs> vocal range. But talk to me about your experience on The Voice with regards to it putting you on everyone's map and opening mm. doors. Because you, right from the get-go, chair turn, proper.
1: Yes. Oh, it was a beautiful experience because I was just so... I I think one thing I'm very grateful for is like, I always have, I always knew that I was going to do music and I'm very driven and my eyes on the prize because I know I have to do this. Otherwise, like, I don't want to live if I can't make music. So after the whole, you know, Afrikaans album didn't work out and that was just not me. I had to go and like just really find myself. So obviously just started writing more songs and you know looking for opportunities and then the voice came up and i was like you know what i have nothing to lose let me just do this this might just be a great opportunity for me just to put myself out there and present myself as a pop artist because that's what i want to do and just showcase you know my my performance skills and everything and and then i went and I remember I still said to um, James the musical director from The Voice I still said to him I want to do Ariana Grande and he's like you want to do Ariana Grande I was like yes maybe I could just bring it down like two keys because it's very high <laughs> and <laughs> it was super high and he was like okay cool let's, let's, let's figure out the keys and stuff and I just remember um, you know just started singing the song I'm so into you I can barely breathe and he was like you have to do this you have to do this it's going to be so cool and then fast forward to the night of um i was the third guy um that they started filming uh, of season 2 you know so we, they just started uh, like filming it and the two people that went before me didn't make it through so i was pissing my pants (laughs) because i was like okay now i'm standing here backstage i'm gonna sing ariana grande this is one of the biggest songs and i don't know like how people like am i even going to be able to make it because when you get nervous like your voice kind of cracks sometimes you know your body doesn't know how to react when you're nervous and i was standing backstage and i remember the the just the whole scene and everything they were like okay we're getting ready for the next talent and then the chairs like, turned around and, you know, faced back to the stage. And they were like, okay, you're going to go on now. And then I remember it was so quiet. Like, I couldn't even hear people breathe. Like, it was so quiet. And then the next moment I just heard... And the track started, like, you know, playing. The band started playing. And then I started singing. And the next moment... Karen turned around I was like okay okay I'm in and that just gave me confidence to really just perform I think with Karin's way turning first um because I wanted to choose her as, as well just gave me that confidence to really joy and then that that performance changed everything for me
0: and then did you end up picking Karen? I did <laughs> and then what was your experience with her working with her what was it like
1: you know what? The reason why I am so, like, uh, that I have the work ethic that I have today is because of Corinne Zoid. Like, honestly, that woman is has the business brain that not a lot of people have. And then, if if you ever question artists why they're successful, then you, if you get to meet them, then you then you know why. And she was like, "I've always loved her growing up, um, and and you know, just she's such an icon." Um, but then I saw her work ethic and I was like, okay, because so fast forward, right? We're we're, we're the, the groups are chosen, all the people are in. Now we have our first meeting with Karen Zoit so that we can get ready and for for the battles and the knockouts, you know, to continue with the competition. She booked a a boardroom for us for her team. We were like 15 people. And the first thing she said was like, we got in there, and she's like I am going to say something to all of you right now. I want to tell you that no one here is fucking fancy. So drop your egos. And I was like, Oh, oh shit. This is like the principal, you know, the principal is giving it to you now. She was like, you make sure that you are rehearsed every day. If you come to me and you tell me you're nervous, then you don't know your words. She's like, I'm going to show you who the camera people are, who the ba- like the band members are, the people that work behind the scenes because these people make you, I need you to know all of their names. You greet them before you go on stage. You make sure that if you're dressed like if you go out to the garage to get milk that you are dressed from bottom to top like because you're a brand now. And that just gave me like such a clear perspective of that made me realize whether I want to do this full time or not, because then she made me think or made me realize this is a business. And I was absolutely blown away just by everything that she taught us, because she taught us so much, like be prepared, be on time, be dressed, get ready. You know, there's no time to play. This is, this is a business and that's what I needed to hear because I don't think a lot of people think it's a business. They think it's a game. So I have a lot of respect for her.
0: I think that that's such phenomenal advice from Karen yes. that you've just passed on. And I think that anybody who's listening to this, who's an up and coming musician or creative can really take all those points on and take them to heart because, yes. you know, like I said in the beginning, your work ethic is incredible and it Thank makes you. so much sense that you've inherited that from Karen. I had her on season two of Text Talks. <laughs> mm. And she's so, she's like a wealth of information. And she actually turned yes. the tables on me and she started interviewing me during our episode. And she was like asking me about my mother and my father. And I was like, asking, wow. I was answering all of these questions. And I was like, hang on, hang on, wait, wait, wait. This is my podcast. <laughs> What's going on here? (laughs) She's incredible. I love her so much. Um, And you know what's the craziest
1: thing? She was like, she was like, I want to give you guys some, like, how can I say, some details about the industry if you want to think like a business person. And she asked everyone, she's like, guess who is my mentor or who was my mentor and everyone everyone was thinking maybe it's going to be quesk on bass or you know like someone you know that's like rock or you know in her field and she's like patricia lewis i was like what and then she's like no 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 let me tell you guys something about this woman this woman is a businesswoman, and this is what you have to be. If there was a there was a time where Patricia Lewis had um, a singing competition called Superstar. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a so, big it,
0: Patricia Lewis fan. Just even FYI. me, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
1: Like it was a massive competition. It was big. Like everyone wanted everyone wanted to be in the competition, and you know, it was like the Afrikaans idols. So, um, but the thing is, if you wanted to enter for that competition you had to go and buy patricia's cd because the the information and to register yourself was in the cd (laughs) that is a businesswoman so it's like she marketed herself in that way of like you know okay i am promoting myself and doing a tv show but i am also like i want to sell records so that was the example she gave to us you know, as as if you want to go into in into the music industry, think like a business person. And I was totally blown away by that story.
0: I mean, if you think about it, that's exactly what Karen Zoid did with her TV show. So yes. the TV show would air, then she would close it out with a duet with whoever, and then the next day that song would be number one on iTunes or Apple Music. Like yes. consistently, consecutively. I think Karen Zoid had, had the number one single like every week. Every time wow. she aired an episode of her show. right? No, mean, I remember. So smart.
1: Absolutely. Because you have to think of it. Yes, we are artists and we have our creative needs. And, you know, we all want to express ourselves. Us artists, we're so touchy. hey, We're so sensitive. But we also, at the same time, we have to think, how am I going to market it? to people out there? How am I going to mm-hmm. make it interesting enough for people to buy it? And i that's what I learned so much from her. So I will always applaud her and honor her for that.
0: Mm. Another person that I interviewed last season, actually, who sang your praises was van Pletzen. And oh. I was really surprised to hear about the collaboration that you did with him for the title track of an Mnet original. And I have to know more about this. Like, without giving any spoilers, like what what was the movie about and what was it like working with him? Because I know that this is not the first time you guys have worked together before.
1: Yes, he actually produced my very first single, Should I? after I was on The Voice. So after I was on The Voice, um, the most amazing thing about The Voice for me was the opportunity and I always say this to people, I wasn't even in the top 20, babe. I wasn't even in the top 10. I was like, I fell out at the top 36 like, oh because, my god, Amon, you know, do you know what Peach do you know what Peach said to me? Peach was like, what? I'm pretty sure
0: he was like in the top two. It was like him and, and Craig and Craig Lucas. And I was like, was he? I'm no. like, no, yeah, I'm sure he was. And Peach totally convinced me that you were in the final two.
1: No, no, oh, that is so sweet though. Like, oh I, I want people to think that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I wasn't. I was I fell out so quick. Um, just because of it's a competition, things work out that way. But I really saw the opportunity as an opportunity. I saw The Voice as a platform and I was like, I'm going to use this platform. And then I really worked hard after it. And then they actually signed me with the top four. The guy that wasn't even in the top 20, Universal Music signed me because i was working hard and using the platform I, I was like going out doing gigs you know writing music um you know building my my fan base i would get to to the grove and i would be like you know i'm just i would post on my story on instagram i'm just gonna have a great time on the ice rink today and then we were like you know ice skating at, at the grove mall and then the next moment my fiance yaku he was like look behind you and i looked behind me and then all this massive group of people were standing there waiting for me to come outside and take photos with them. (laughs) So I was like, Oh my goodness. I I really used the voice as that platform. And then universal signed me and then back to peach peach actually produced my very first song after being signed um, after being on the voice. So it was amazing working with him.
0: And then, Talk to me about the collaboration with the, the Mnet original. I have to know. I have to ask about it again. If you can, if you can tell me.
1: Of course I can. So the the project actually came out earlier this year in Feb, March. Um, it's oh, okay. South Africa's very, very first queer rom-com. It's on Showmax now. It's called No Hiding Here. And people actually asked Peach um, for artists to work with. And then Peach... You referred me to the producers and to the production house, and they said um, he said to them that you if you want a queer artist and someone that's making moves, you must work with Armand. And that was my first time I did like a soundtrack for a movie because he got that for me. But also something Peach and I also have in common is obviously you know his family his family is so freaking famous, and his stepdad is Joseph Clark, right? So I actually. Joseph asked me to come and open for him um, at the Blow Haunt, and then I also did uh, the Sun Arena with Joseph Clark, where I sang "Somebody to Love" and a few songs of Queen with Joseph. Um, and then Peach was on the drums, so Peach and I actually have come a long way.
0: <laughs> I had no idea that Peach had such a famous family until I interviewed him. Like he like keeps it on the DL. He's like, I don't really talk about my parents, but you know, my dad's the guy from Orkney Snork Me, and. <laughs> it's like- what is going on right now? Like this is crazy, but he's it's like just, royalty. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I feel like you've been very fortunate in the fact that you've had some really great people around you that you've worked Absolutely. with in the industry. Like you know, you had Karen yes. for your voice experience. You had Peach who produced your um, your my first your, your single. Sing, your first single, um, and I feel like the the voice is also a nice springboard and platform for you. And I I, I know that another incredible uh, vocalist that got discovered on the show is Yatu, who I'm Mm. obsessed with, uh, and your your bestie. And the two of you collaborated on a single recently called Cry. And vocally, the two of you are perfect together. But, you Ah. know, more than that... You guys being really good friends out of music is just the cutest thing ever. Tell me about your bromance, because I've experienced it firsthand. But <laughs> tell me, tell me about working with someone who you're really close
1: to. Oh, thank you so much. Like you are to honestly, it's one of the most, firstly, one of the most talented people I've ever met. Like he can make you just feel so insecure because he's so good. You know what I'm saying? You'd you'd have to go... I I I think I need to work harder on my voice. The first time I heard him, I watched his uh, his, um, audition on The Voice because he was on season three and he did Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's coming for my career. (laughs) And I was just so blown away by his talent, but I was such a fan. And then there was... You know what's the strangest thing? We met... At a John Wick premiere. (laughs) Because we were invited. He was on The Voice at the time that the new John Wick film came out. And then some of the people in the industry obviously invited me as well. Just, you know, to have some celebs at the premiere and watch the new John Wick film. So I think it was John Wick 3. And then the first person I ran into there was Yatu. And we both screamed. And freaked out and we were both such big fans of each other that we were like oh my goodness I cannot believe I'm meeting you and he was like I cannot believe I'm meeting you i was such a fan of you and we just we were really just genuinely freaking out over each other and then to top it all off I, the one day I invited him to my house I was like shall we write a song and just really blow people away because I feel like people don't always collaborate that are You know, if if people are talented and they have it all going for them, artists don't always want to collaborate because they don't always see the sun shining, like, you know, over everyone. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, we need to collaborate because we're both queer. We're both doing things for the queer community. It would just be such a powerful thing of two queer out there artists come together for a collaboration. We wrote the song the 1st of September 2020, And ever since then, we just became best friends. Cry came out, and it was just such a big moment for for the both of us. The song really did some amazing things, and yeah. And from there, like I literally just saw him because he brought me an outfit because I'm gonna do a shoot, and he's so incredible just with everything that he's doing, like you know, designing wise, like with clothing and music and musical theater. I'm absolutely in awe of him. He's so amazing, so I'm grateful to that we became friends.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned his fashion flair because mm. I feel like his aesthetic is so great. And it's so bold and out there. And I was wondering if you had been influenced by him at all, and if you'd like, you know, picked up a few tricks of the trade. Because I know you also, you know, you're not afraid to lean into yeah. a look. Like, <laughs> oh,
1: thank you, but hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. too honestly, the last year, 2021. And I think like the end of 2020, going into this year, everything that happened with me aesthetic-wise is because of Yatu. Just the the way he inspires you to be just comfortable with yourself. Because we all have flaws and insecurities, right? And he was just like, not by even saying anything, just by him being himself, he gave me such confidence just to be like just to be in my skin and just to feel comfortable in my skin. And and that was the first time where I would be like, just take my shirt off uh, in front of people or I would just, you know, like really pose and like, you know, not a lot of clothing or be kind of like naked in front of a camera or anything like that. He really gave me that confidence in myself that I always felt like I needed, but I didn't know where to get it. But just mm-hmm. looking at him and just, you know, being in awe of who he is gave me confidence to be myself.
0: When you released your R&B EP, Left With A Broken Heart, I remember you had mm. these long black and white dreads. But I really yes. feel like lockdown has been a creative explosion for you ever since you released your flamboyant EP. Talk to mm. me a little bit about what lockdown has been for your transformation.
1: Wow. I think... With lockdown and everything happening, I've been through so much of my life and I've really experienced just so much heartbreak in the sense of, you know, people come and go. And that was the hardest lesson for me to learn personally in my life. People come and go and we always, I'm a very like open and friendly and giving and, you know, like honest person. And I will go to the ends of the earth for people But that really changed when I really started becoming friends with the wrong people and allowing, you know, just certain people into my life. And that really tore me apart. But with that all happening, lockdown also came. So that just really forced me to kind of dig into my creativity because that's all I had. When I was sad, I was struggling with depression for like, like severe depression for three years where I was on medication and. Ugh, you know, I was just really struggling. So lockdown forced me to look into myself and to be creative, but also express my pain through my creativity. And obviously music is the number one priority for me and my number one platform of creativity. But I also express myself through clothing and the way I present myself to people. So lockdown really was amazing for me creative wise because I just really had to dig into myself and be like, what do I want to say? Say what's in your heart, but also, you know, just really be creative. So I'm grateful for lockdown. It was honestly, was very tough, but I felt it was very needed. There's this incredible
0: promo video that you created for the album drop announcement of Flamboyant. And in your Mm. monologue, you say, I'm more of a man than you'll ever be and more of a woman than you'll ever need. I thought that yes. was so like <laughs> strong, but tell me about the power of fashion for embracing both your masculine and feminine energy at the same time.
1: Oh, wow. I think with with that first, because that was the opener of the album, and mm. um, with flamboyant, I wanted to with flamboyant was the first time where I fully appreciated my my feminine energy. Cause I've always felt more feminine than anything else. Like I'm, I'm very comfortable being a man and you know, like men say, I love my dick, but <laughs> I honestly, uh, there's, there's a female energy that's inside of me that really wants to express herself. So I, I felt always that I'm, I'm on the cusp of male and female, like and and I just really wanted to tap into that, and I feel when it comes to my creativity, um I am more feminine when it comes to singing, I'm more feminine. I feel like I was maybe maybe I was in my previous life if if something like that that exists, I think I was probably a prostitute <laughs> 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 because oh I just God, I, love I just love expressing and talking about sex and i feel like sex move, makes me move and through fashion as well i just want to feel i want to feel like fluid you know i just want to feel like everything is flowing so i think fashion and music goes hand in hand but fashion has given me that uh that just that comfortability just to be like i feel like i just i feel like great artists if you look at people that are making great art like lady gaga even little nas x now are people mm-hmm. that have a lot of sex and they're comfortable with their sexuality because there's just something when you're comfortable and you you know that energy just flows you can just see that person just moves like before I started becoming comfortable with that expressing it through fashion and music I always felt so stiff. you know I always felt like like a stock maniki like <laughs> someone's <laughs> gonna touch me and I'm gonna break you know because I didn't I wasn't flowing. And I think with fashion and music, it just allowed me to fully express myself sexually, emotionally, spiritually. And it's okay to be a bit badass, you know. We always think we listen. It's 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 good to be a good person to all the people out there listening. Be a good person, kids. Stay in school. But if you're a badass, embrace that, you know. And I felt like that's have a lot of sex. Yes, I have a lot of sex, man. Oh, life's too short to be (laughs) dry. I am a
0: huge advocate for this. Just in fact, that's going to be the byline of this episode: so have a lot of sex.
1: <laughs> oh yes, I think I need to write a song: have a lot of sex.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Inspired by the podcast, our first oh, yes. song. Our first song I will, inspired.
1: I will give you a royalties.
0: <laughs> um, talking about royalties. The mm. other day, you mentioned that you hadn't received any royalty money owed to you over the last five years and that it's been Nothing. an ugly battle. And I was like, what? How is that possible? I mean, yes. you've had six number one singles in your career, which is incredible. I mean, you're churning out Thank like you. hit after hit. Like, what's the situation <laughs> here? What's going on? Ooh,
1: yeah. I, I was thrown into the deep end, you know, just after things really started happening for me. And I won't name names because i don't want to get into legal things but people were really just they just threw me to the wolves and i really had to become hard i had to become a bitch you know i had to become really like fight for my shit so the people that i was signed with and that was supposed to do my publishing and stuff never registered me or signed papers with me um so i i went and backtracked like all of my records and the stuff that's been playing on radio and it didn't pull through my name was spelled wrong on some of my songs, and I just never um heard anything from them. They never cleared anything with me like artists need every six months an artist needs to get like a you know just like like proof of what's coming through for you with your music that's playing on radio, like a statement. I didn't get any of that, so until recently, like last like the two years I've been really struggling hard, so my fiance and I was like fuck it we're just gonna do it ourselves really dig deep and just started claiming the stuff that's mine and then we saw that some of the labels actually claimed more than six times just on one of my songs and i've never seen my money so i was like you know what if i have to become a p-o-e-s i will (laughs) because i have to fight for my craft and yeah that's been the journey like if you don't if you're not on it with these things people will take you for a cunt obviously like honestly
0: I love how you said cunt, but then you were like P O E S. Like, puss is my favorite word of all time. Yes, one of I my favorite always feels like
1: I never know when I've come to, like when I can actually say it, but I say puss so many times because this is just the best word ever. There's no better word than puss.
0: I think you and I bonded over that the first time we met because I said puss and you were like, oh my God. Oh my God. You're one of the like people
1: that People that say puss, there's just no. They just do not pretend. And I cannot I cannot deal with fake people. And that's why I love you so much because you're just so real.
0: Oh, but that's why I love you so much because you're open and you're honest. I mean, whether it's like your experiences about being an indie artist in the music industry or whether it's about your sexuality, like you're an incredible role model for young people and young Aww. artists finding themselves in the industry. You really are. and you. I mean, I feel like you're super young, but you've lived a thousand lives on this sort of journey towards self-acceptance, you know? So mm-hmm. with everything that you've been through, what does pride month mean to you?
1: Ooh, pride month, <clears throat> pride month means in today's life, like where we are at right now, it feels like I can actually just be me and I can, I, I, I'm just celebrated. I feel like we're celebrated. We have a platform. We have a voice. We, as gay people, are finally being seen and being heard. Although I feel like, especially in South Africa, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. But Pride Month honestly means so much to me because I was I was thinking the other day, I was, I was laying in the bathtub because I just love putting on incense, just feeling the energy, putting on candles and just laying in the bath and thinking about nothing. But if thoughts come to me, just embracing the thoughts. So I was thinking to myself, I, if I have to go back to like eight-year-old me, I don't think I would have – eight-year-old me would have never thought that I would be here now doing what I'm doing and being openly gay and being openly queer as an and, and being an artist at the same time because it was always – wrong and it always felt like that was never going to happen that was never going to be me I, I was already thinking like oh my god i'm going to be married to a woman i'm going to be so unhappy and i'm going to be jerking off to porn because i'm not going to have <laughs> sex with her <laughs> because I, that was the things that i was thinking so when like fast forward to now just being able to be myself and you know it's it, it that's i can't i can't describe it it means it means a lot i'm so grateful for all of the people that has been fighting for queer people so that we can just be ourselves because we belong just like everybody else and without the queer community life's pretty damn boring
0: oh god so boring (laughs) the most boring we wouldn't even have a rainbow
1: i mean and we need rainbows
0: we need rain rainbows to brighten up our existence and our lives. We wouldn't have I mean, can you imagine without queer culture how boring and how dull
1: the world would be? It would be like gray. Like yeah, it like would the, be you know those Tim Burton animations like Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> That's what the it nightmare would, would have been like. <laughs> Although I love it though, but we need we need sunshine too. <laughs>
0: Oh, my friend, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining me on Text Talks today. You know that I'm a huge fan and I hope that we continue to work together as your star continues to rise thank long you. in the future. I know that it will. Mm-hmm. So I wish thank you, you so all the, the best.
1: And I just want to thank you just for everything that you do for South African music. Um, you're just so incredible. Been for way out I keep running, I keep running all night long oh. Or am I dead now? I keep falling though I never seem to wake up I, I had a dream I was on my way to your heart It was cold, I started to be Nothing's really what it seems I thought you were loving me in reality, you can me. be Tell me what is it that you do? Why you play me dirty like that? All you spell it's on me like voodoo Got me here you do Wanting to possess me But really you bless me, confess to me Am I really what you want? Why are you playing, why are you playing with my art? Are you looking for something? Come closer, a little closer, let me tell you art. Am I really what you want?
0: Joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Shout out to Armand Joubert for joining me in studio. Text Talks is coming to you from the amazing Kaya Creative Studios at Neighborhood in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Shout out to Tom's, the only music store, for keeping us connected. From me, your host, Text, my producers, Jonathan Ings and Matt Lewitz, and our researcher, El Clapper. Catch you on the flip side.